from the number one convention, sports, and entertainment destination in the world. I'm your host, Parker Hendricks, and this is The Authorcast. Welcome back to The Authorcast. On today's episode, we continue to celebrate black history by highlighting the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame's new exhibit entitled Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I sit down with the historian and curator from the Hall of Fame, Jeremy Swick, as we discuss the new exhibit that focuses on African-American trailblazers that forever changed the landscape of the sport. It is a great conversation, and he really goes in depth about what visitors can expect from the new exhibit, and he also lifts the curtain a bit to explain what all is involved in curating a new exhibit. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, this interview was conducted over Zoom, and there are areas where the audio freezes. Thank you for your understanding and patience. The best way to stay connected with all episodes of The Authorcast is by subscribing at gwcca.org backslash theauthoricast. It is also available on Apple and Spotify platforms. I would like to remind you to rate and review us as well. Thank you for listening and for your support. And now, my interview with Jeremy Swick from the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame. We are honored today to be joined by Jeremy Swick, the curator and historian for the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, located in downtown Atlanta. Jeremy, welcome to the Authorcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I would love for you to introduce yourself, how long you've been with the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame, and uh, kind of what you do there. Yeah, so my name's obviously Jeremy Swick. I'm the historian and curator here down, down at the Hall of Fame. I've been with the Hall since 2018. So coming up on three, three years now. A little bit about my background. Uh, my undergrad was in history and education at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. And I then attained my master's in public history at Eau Claire as well, where I primarily studied African-American history during the civil rights movement, but also sports and popular culture. So what, what exactly does a historian and a curator at a museum or a Hall of Fame uh, do? do a little bit of everything at the, at the Hall of Fame. And it's funny because I think there's always that, that notion that we hide up in our offices and it's almost like a mad scientist uh, working on their next, their next experiment. And I'll admit that definitely does happen sometimes when I'm uh, locked away working on a new exhibit. But here at the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame, it's really a whole wide variety of things. So sometimes I'll be in the archives processing our new donations or working on the next upcoming exhibit. But it's also multifaceted in the sense that sometimes I'll be giving tours to our VIP people who come through or also working on the social media side, uh, writing the content uh, with the assistance of our, our marketing people to make sure our the stuff that we post is both historically accurate, but also, you know, historically fun. Um, and that's obviously interviews, uh, doing podcasts and things like that. So it's really, every day is a little different here. So the hall of fame has a new exhibit entitled blood, sweat and tears, uh, that focuses on African-American trailblazers that changed the landscape of the sport. How long have you been in the planning process for, for this exhibit? So the short answer is a few months. 
but in reality, I would argue several years. Uh, as I had mentioned before, my background is African-American history, and I also obviously have tied that with sports. I mean, you look at the position I currently have. So for me, it's it's been a long time coming. It's uh, I've just been continuing to build upon ideas or, or topics we have. And so usually it doesn't, any kind of exhibit doesn't start usually from scratch. You start with an idea and you start pulling different pieces uh, together from what I, for me, for what I've learned in the past or research I've done while I'm here at the Hall of Fame. So short answer, a few months, uh, long answer, uh, quite, quite a bit longer. So this is kind of your, like your life's work. Something, something like that. Uh, our previous exhibit was on HBCUs, which uh, historically black colleges and universities. And so that, again, really dovetailed nicely in just uh, into this exhibit where we kind of focused on the, the integration story uh, throughout the landscape of college football. That segues great to my next question. What can guests expect to see and learn from this new exhibit? Uh, one of the things that I think this exhibit really brings and showcases is the fact that, you know, everyone knows who Jackie Robinson is. He was the trailblazer who broke down the color barrier for Major League Baseball. I don't think as many people know some of the stories of our trailblazers in college football. Although, yes, Jackie Robinson is mentioned. He is the, he was actually the last four-sport four letter winner at UCLA playing baseball, basketball, football, and then, of course, uh, running track as well. And, uh, some argue he might have been the best football player of all four of those sports while he was at UCLA. But this exhibit really just gives a, a chance to share a wide variety of stories dating back to the 1890s all the way to the 1960s and 70s. When you were curating this exhibit, did you find anything new that you didn't already know? Or was there any cool stuff that you learned during this? That's the exciting thing about this position and this this field is I'm always learning learning something new. One of the guys we focus on, he's he is the first African-American professional football player, um, early 1900s, Mr. Charles W. Fallis. I had known a little bit about his story, but not, not completely. Um, and so part of that was doing the research and learning a little bit more about his career and what, what, what made him uh, get to that next level. Um, it's interesting because the Pro Football Hall of Fame and pro football researchers didn't really know his story until the late 1970s when they were doing some research and they were actually able to find a newspaper article that had highlighted him being signed to a professional contract, which made him the first African-American uh, to be signed to a pro contract. So it's little things like that that are always interesting and uh, fun, fun pieces of information to, to learn or in some cases relearn. Uh, doing a lot of research sometimes. I, I forget that I learned that and then I'm reading you know, through text and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I know when you when you do your research, you find all this all this stuff and all this information. Is there a challenge in that, and then in packaging that in a way that's easy for the guests to understand and consume when they're in the Hall of Fame? Excellent question. That is one of the challenges I I, I know I sometimes face is first of all making it digestible for your average fan, uh, all the way to your hardcore fan. Uh, 
the beauty about our Hall of Fame is that it's really geared towards everyone. So I try to make sure there's enough relevant information that your casual fan can read, read something pretty easily. And, oh, that's something interesting. That's something I didn't know. Where I also want to make sure I have those details in for your hardcore fan for them to really get that in-depth picture. So it's doing that fine balance of making sure things are both relevant, accurate, but also interesting for everyone to read. And I know sometimes I have to take a step back because what I find interesting might be a little different than what a casual fan or someone who's newer newer to football um, would be interested in. I know you mentioned that that you previously had had an exhibit that focused on the HBCUs. How many players and coaches uh, from HBCUs are currently enshrined in the Hall of Fame? Yes, so we have 21 players who are most recent was Steve McNair, who was inducted in 2020 uh, last last year. And then we have 13 coaches plus one. Mr. Rudy Hubbard will be inducted this year in the class of 2021. So 35 inductees in total. On, on the current exhibit, what is your favorite artifact that you've curated or piece of memorabilia that you found that's in this new exhibit? There are a lot of interesting pieces from a wide variety of time periods, um, really that help share the story. But one of my favorite, and it might be missed by some, it's a book that was written in 1896 by Mr. William Henry Lewis, who was one of the pioneers, not only as the first African-American All-America selection and the first captain at Harvard, but also a pioneer in the game of football itself. And this book entitled A Primer on American Football was really like the gold standard of the time period for rules, how to play, and just different strategy. And so it's, it's, a, it's inconspicuous, but I love the fact that it's a first edition from 1896, and it's probably one of my favorite pieces we have in our entire collection. How did how do you come across a piece like that that's super rare and and uh, you know is not available to most people? So one of the ways our main our main way is through donation okay. uh, that we acquire pieces, and so sometimes it's always interesting how I end up acquiring some of these pieces. Uh, sometimes it's email, sometimes it's a phone call out of out of the blue. We recently had a 1955. Tops All-America football card set that was donated to us. Um, it was signed by 77 of the possible 88 players, and it was almost a complete set. Uh, the guy reached out to us and ended up donating that and another uh, 1948 to 52 football card set. And that was truly purely through interaction and giving us a call. But also, you know, it's I'm always keeping an eye open to see what's out there and talking to talking to people that I know as well, but a large amount of it is people reaching out. They're cleaning out a family, a family house, or they're clearing out a space and they come across these items and want to know. Sometimes they just want to know a little bit more about about what what the item is. And sometimes they're interested in donating it to us. So it's it's a few different ways we acquire those items. Yeah, I was about to ask that. So literally somebody could be cleaning out an attic and find something that they didn't know they had and it could end up in your Hall of Fame. Exactly, exactly. Uh, some of the people, they just maybe didn't have the same family connection. Or for example, we just recently have a piece on loan that 
was found in a kind of a clear out of a of a of a house. And so, like you had mentioned, it's it's a wide range of how I acquire some of these items. Sometimes I'm just blown away on how we get them, uh, because as a museum, we largely rely on donations. And so it's always great when people want to share that share that entire history with with everyone. What are some of the new artifacts and memorabilia in this new exhibit outside of the book that uh, guests will be able to see? Absolutely. So we have a decent collection of cards from some of those early trailblazers and pioneers. We have the 1961 Liberty Bowl trophy, which were was Ernie Davis who had become the first who would become the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy. We have that trophy that was presented to the National Football Foundation. Uh, we have items like Gene Washington's helmet, who was a trailblazer in the 1960s at Michigan State. Uh, we also have one of the pieces I'm really excited about is the 2020 Air Force Legacy series where Red Tails are born. They wore it uh, this year. And it's an ode to the Red Tails of World War II, who were some of the first, the first African American fighter pilots. And uh, it's it's just a beautiful uniform, and we have the entire collection. And there's just the more you look at it, the more you realize the detail, or you you realize how how well they did. So we are really appreciative of the Air Force Academy for sending that over. How long will the exhibit be at the Hall of Fame? So this exhibit will run through the end of June, I believe. So there's plenty of time for people to come down and come down and see it. And I'm really excited that that we're going to have it up for that long. Are there other things throughout Black History Month that the Hall of Fame will be participating in? Yes. So we're doing a virtual web series that uh, is entitled Not Your Average Hero. And I'm actually interviewing different trailblazers uh, who helped change the game. Uh, this first week we released with Nate Northington, who was the first player to integrate the SEC at Kentucky in 1967. And we typically post those on our social channels, all linked back to YouTube. And we can be found on our social media channels at CFB Hall. Uh, that's usually the best way to reach us and www.cfbhall.com. Uh, it's just a great way to stay up to date on what we're working on in in the hall of fame jeremy i, I want to appreciate you so much thanks for coming on uh to the podcast today and I, i'm really excited to see the exhibit and i know that our listeners will be as well thank you so much i really do appreciate you taking the time have a good one